Welcome to For the Long Run, the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long, strong, and motivated. I'm your host, Jonathan Levitt. I've been running for a few years now and have the privilege of meeting many incredible runners on my travels all across the country. This podcast is intended to share those amazing conversations. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This week's podcast is with Patrick Reagan. Patrick is an ultra runner who lives in Georgia. We recorded this episode in the days prior to his third 100 miler of the year, which he ended up winning. We talked about his love for running these long distance races and why he really likes what happens beyond the six hour mark. We covered some deeper topics such as mental toughness and why Patrick loved to run and train the way he does, as well as some more logistical conversations such as how he trains for these hard trail races while living in an area without much elevation change. Hope you enjoy. And welcome back. I am here in Austin, Texas, with Patrick Reagan. Patrick, thanks for having. Thanks for. Uh, I almost said thanks for having me on. Thanks for joining today. Hey, nice to be on, man. <laughs> for well. sure. So we're here in the Goo House at TRE uh, for a little conversation about running and performance and life and uh, all that jazz. So let's uh, let's jump right into it. Yeah, great to see, you, man. Uh, we've got some coffee here. We're uh, kicked back in a. Queen size bed? What is this? Queen size bed. I think bed. this is queen size, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out to Celia. Uh, thanks for that. Um, anyways, who is Patrick? Let's start Let's start with that. Yeah, sure. So I'm a long distance runner based out of Savannah, Georgia. I particularly concentrate most of my energies on 100K to 100 miles. Um, I run on the roads, on the trails. Um, I prefer events that are extremely runnable. Um, yeah, that's that's me as a distance runner. So long distance, uh, long suffer fests. Uh, how did you get there? So it's been a pretty even trajectory for me. I mean, I was a cross country track and field athlete at the high school level, at the collegiate level. I ran at Slippery Rock University of PA back in uh, 2006 through 2009. Um, graduated from there with a degree in exercise science. Uh, took a long break from running um, to do other things and ex- explore other passions in life. And uh, eventually landed in Savannah, Georgia, which is kind of where my platform for running took off again. Um, worked a job there for a couple of years as a pedicabber. Um, did tricycle taxi transport in 2011, 2012. Uh, became the head cross-country track and field coach at a university there. Um, had that job for seven years. And in the tail end of my career there at the university, uh, I took up ultra running after the 2016 Olympic trials. And, and that was when... I really started to explore the Sufferfest. That that is uh, what my career now is. So, so what is it about the longer distance racing that that you love so much? Man, there's something about competing after six hours for me. Um, I think I've said that a lot, <laughs> or I say that to a lot of people, but yeah. I, but I mean it. I probably say it a lot because I mean it. Um, I I really prefer the hundred k distance plus. Um, I think it's at that juncture at which, for me. I can mentally dig into this place that 
gets me really uncomfortable, but I find a, a rhythm in that energy system. Like I, I do it, maybe no other discipline I've ever experienced in distance running, especially a hundred miles. I mean, runnable hundred mile races are, are kind of becoming my MO and that's what I really love to do. So you've had a pretty good year so far. Um, and you talk, we were talking before about the fact that you've run less miles than ever before, but you've had one of the better years you've had in the past. So what, where did that come from? Why do you think, why do you think you're running less miles, but you're having, you know, better, having better tangible results? So, yeah, like you said, I mean, we had this conversation on the way to making sure my car didn't get to it. Um, <laughs> I've run under 4,000 miles this year. And for me, that's a little south of what I would normally do in an ideal year preparing for 100Ks and 100-mile races. Um, and you'll have run 300 miles, 100 yeah, milers this year. Ideally, yeah. as long as I get my finish this weekend yep. at Brazos Bend 100, uh, which will be my first time running there, um, I'll have run more hundreds than I ever have in one year. Um, last year I ended up running desert solstice, you know, 130 miles there and Havelina with a very short season, um, that was impacted by an injury early on. But this year I've run a lot more races. And, and part of that is because I'm not at my full-time job anymore, you know, on the clock there, maybe 40 to 60 hours a week. Um, but it's funny, you would think I'd be running more miles if I don't have a full-time job anymore, but I'm really running less miles paying attention more to holistically what my body needs. I mean, my coach Magda Boulay, uh, Roxanne Vogel is, you know, guides me and advises me in strength and conditioning. Um, those two women have really empowered me a lot to believe in less is more maybe with the volume and getting in the proper strength work and laying the proper foundation in other aspects of your life, um, will really allow you to perform at a high level. So I've become really confident in running less miles, um, focusing on what my body needs. Like if I feel like a 40 mile week, I'll just take it, man. Like if I, I can tell when my body needs it, you know, if I feel like in my taper week, I'm just going to run three times in the five or six days of approaching my race. No problem. Like I'm mentally confident to a point where, you know, I'm, I'm doing more mobility. I'm doing more strength. Um, I feel like the strongest runner I've ever been. That's awesome. We talked a lot about happiness. Um, I was having a conversation yesterday with Allie Kiefer about this and what she was saying was, um, a lot of people try and put their own, they, they push their own idea of what happiness is onto others and, and fulfillment and joy. And it sounds like you've come to a place where like you're happy. We talked about, you know, leaving your full-time job that, that might bring a lot of people fear and, um, a lack of, a lack of confidence, but it's done the opposite for you. It's brought you to a place where you're happier and you're more fulfilled and you're, you know, your running is, is better than it's ever been is what it sounds like. Yeah. Me and my wife got married, I guess, uh, 15 months ago now. And we've built a really pleasant life together in Savannah. Um, it's not a trail Mecca, <laughs> right? But we have built a very good, happy good sauna place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a nice place for the year heat training yeah. for the Western States or, or Havelina or, any race like that, um, maybe maybe comrades. Um, but we have built a happy life, and I think that Allie is onto something. You know, she's she's a you know great distance runner, a great ultra marathoner. I mean, she's got this. Um, she's got the type of mindset that that I think most of us need to have, right? In that 
what comes first is your happiness. Right. And I think athletic su- success will follow. If you're just chasing the dream with not a lot of balance or substance in your life outside of uh, the distance running, what happens when you have an injury right. or, you, you know, you, you do need that balance so that, and other things going on in your life, you know, Definitely. I, I think one thing that really helps me is actually uh, like my coaching business, you know, when, when I'm having a, maybe a bad week or I've got, you know, a little nagging injury or something, I can really focus my energies on, on my athletes just a little bit more, you know, yep. give each of them a little bit more and give them a little more time um, when I have it. So. Definitely. So balance is something I like to talk about a lot on this podcast. Um, I asked Magda the same question. What does balance mean to you? And she gave a really interesting answer. She's like, I don't know that I am balanced, but I like to focus on the things that mean a lot and bring me joy. And at the end of the day, if I can look, you know, her son Owen in the face or look at her husband and, um, be happy and you know say i spent time with with this person today who i love and i ran and i was productive at work and i you know i'm fulfilled in relationships and stuff like that's balancing what is important to her versus work life balance or running life balance and things like that so i'm curious your take on um what is what does balance or or not being balanced mean to you I think the pendulums shifted a little for me in this year. I committed to myself that I would say yes more. Yes more to friends to yeah. do fun things. Um, think less about, is this going to tire my legs out yeah. for that race that's in a month? <laughs> you know, to do more things that fulfill my life outside of running. Yeah. And that is sometimes me and my wife just going and taking a bike adventure or deciding, hey, let's throw the kayaks on the roof and yep. go kayaking. Um, let's take a little road trip that gets us out of the city for a day. Um, to do more things that are fun, to go see more music. I've reconnected recently with, with some friends I used to play in bands with, and I'm playing a lot of music again. I'm, I'm playing maybe for an hour a day again. So to have balance outside of running for me is resulting in me being more relaxed when I go out for my runs. It's a release similar to running, at least music is for me in a different part of my life that, that takes me back. And it, it might be nostalgia um, right now, but I think that that will add a, a form of balance as well. For sure. So you're, so this is coming from a professional athlete who's, you know, sponsored and has obligations and he's saying you need that, you know, you need to say yes and you need to um, be flexible with training and, and, um, I think that that's refreshing to hear a lot. I think there are a lot of amateurs that listen to this podcast that are, um, I don't want to say elite amateurs, but like really focused and, and chasing big goals. And I think for, I would consider myself in that group and it's refreshing to hear someone like yourself saying like, you can chill and like, that's okay. And you might actually get better if you chill. So I think that's awesome. Um, Jumping back to something you were saying a little bit earlier, uh, we were talking about um, we were talking about some of your experiences over the last few years, and you made a comment about you know that's nothing compared to mile eighty of a hundred miler. Um, can you talk about how some some of your life experiences have made um, have made the ultra running? or have put ultra running in perspective and, and how do you, do you actively think about stuff like that when you're three quarters of the way into a race? I don't think so. 
I don't think I actively do think about it. You know, and we were having a conversation earlier about me making a decision when I was done at university to choose adventure. Uh, I didn't choose uh, graduate school. Um, I didn't choose to go on and get my doctorate in exercise physiology. I chose to go adventure about the country with my friends, um, people that were much better musicians than me. Um, but I was fortunate enough to play with them, um, to experience, you know, pre-World War II music with them, yeah. to, to play it for other people, to, um, to enjoy adventuring about the country in a small vehicle and not uh, the most ideal with scenarios. Some uncertainty, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With some uncertainty. And it was a choice. You know, I grew up very fortunate middle class. Like, you know, I grew up in a situation where, you know, my family didn't particularly understand that at the time. And I don't even know if I understood it, man. It was just, it was something that I felt was right. Much like I felt ultra running was right for me. Um, you know, I, I was fortunate to see 36, maybe 38 States wow. during that time playing music in those different places uh, to experience wild, wacky people all over the world. And um, that set me up for, I think, adventure and ultra running, but also an understanding of like a tough time where yep. maybe my lady is similar to that. Like you don't know where you're going to lay your head that night or right. you don't know where you're going to find that, that 20 bucks in gas you need to get to the next city, you know, for that show you have in two nights. Right. Um, so I think that my lady sometimes feels quite easy because of that, because I feel like I've just been in tougher situations, maybe by choice on the net, on the front end, but when you're in them, it's right. not by choice you're anymore. In it, yeah. You're in it, you know? Uh, something you said was was pretty funny. Uh, at My Lady, people are still feeding you. <laughs> yeah, that's easy, man. You just pop into an aid station and people are smiling and they're like, can I fill your bottles? Yeah. Can I have some of that watermelon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so you said wild, wacky people um, in the in the music industry. I feel like we've got that in the in the running world and, and you've done quite a lot of adventuring with your running career as well. I think this year alone, I've seen you in California. Um, we saw each other in Phoenix and now we're here in Texas. Um, so what is it about traveling to races and, and enjoying the community aspect of it that, um, that keeps you going? Mm. I especially like going to Arizona and California, uh, which are kind of my second homes. Yeah. Right. And that uh, I feel like, uh, crewing Western States two years ago, a year that I was actually supposed to run the event and then running this year and experiencing the whole track. It made me feel so connected with like Bob, the warehouse manager, man, with, um, with Lee and uh, her husband, Bill with, uh, the Thornleys, like with, uh, with monkey boy, <laughs> you know, I mean, with all of them man, like all the folks that are involved with the Western States organization, like I feel at home there. Yeah, I really do. And, and I've only done one States. I've only crewed, um, an athlete I coach, uh, Jasmine Chiramonte and run one States myself, which was this summer that feels like home and Jamil and Jubilee, um, and Haley at Aravipa scout, like they, they've made me really feel like, like that's home too. I mean, I feel like I've kind of had a bit of a Cinderella story at, at Havelina, like three years in a row. That's been a really special experience to win that event. Um, and I can't wait to go back there as well. Right. To, to Desert Solstice yep. here in a few weeks to to do some chatting with Jamil about what's going on in the event. We're going to do some commentating. Oh, cool. Um, you know, so that adventure, that aspect of like having homes away from your home is something that is really important to me because to, to me, like home is everywhere, right. you know? 
like sure i grew up in southwestern pa and that's that's my home that's my birth home um my family lives there a lot of the people i'm closest with in life live there um but savannah's home and i don't know uh, arizona's home yeah. california's home like and i mean there there are a number of places all over the world like this for me more sweden and um at where the ultravasan is and or the ultravasan and yeah man it's it's really special to to feel like home is everywhere it's super cool to like come to a city like this and and I'm sure you saw it this morning too. You you know go out for a hour run and you see like 50 people you know and none of them live here. Yeah, and it's it's just super cool the community that um that we get to be a part of. Absolutely, yeah. So, um so you've got your third 100 this weekend uh and this podcast will air after uh after this weekend, so We'll we'll be we'll be rooting for you for sure. Um, but what are you thinking about when you line up on a start line of of a race like that? What's what's going through your head? You know, at five o'clock in the morning or four o'clock, whenever the you know you're getting started. Uh, be present today. Be grateful to the people that are donating their time to get you through this race, whether it's your crew or your pacer or uh, volunteers at an aid station, like. A big goal for me every day when I wake up, I guess, is to try to be present, as present as possible in my life and try to stay relaxed. So emotionally at the start of 100, that's that's what I do. Those are the thoughts I run through. The competition comes at a later phase for me. And I think to a degree in some hundreds, that's maybe why I'm a bit of a slow starter and creep up through the field because um, I'm just smiling, man. That's yeah. like the whole part of the training process for me. That's the harder part. It's the part maybe I even... I think I enjoy race day the most, actually. I used to say that I enjoy the training more than the racing, but I think I enjoy race day the most because it's a celebration of everything you worked for. Yep. And not only that, the more you go back to an event, it tends to be a celebration of re-experiencing that event and becoming even more connected with that community. Definitely. So, I don't know. I've never been to Needville, Texas, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe that'll become one of my favorite places to run, right? Yeah. Um, I hear Rob Goins, great guy, and I look forward to running his race and, and just spending time with other runners, man. I mean, I hope we have a pack of guys that are pushing the limitations of that course. That would be really fun. Cool. So gratitude and, uh, staying present are two things that my coach David mentions a lot in my training log. Um, whether it's a reminder to be present or a reminder to, you know, thank the volunteers or be grateful that your legs can take you to these amazing places. And I think it's really important. And I think it's like transformational that um, you can acknowledge these gift, this gift that we have. Um, it was never more clear than when I was down in Florida in August in Southern Florida, where, you know, lots of people are old and, mm -hmm. and not very mobile and in wheelchairs. And um, I was there basically saying bye to my grandfather and he couldn't walk for the most part at that point. And so I went out for a run. I did 10 K, you know, it was 95 degrees out mm -hmm. and I saw like 10 people in wheelchairs or with, um, walkers and stuff. And it was like a very, very stark reminder of like, you get to do this. It's, it's so cool that, you know, we can run around the river or we can run, you know, from squad to Auburn, or we can oh, yeah. run from, you know, these, these soup run around these super cool mountains and things like that. And I think it's powerful that, um, acknowledging something like that for sure. 
I don't necessarily think that running from squat at Auburn is any cooler than someone getting out there for six miles yeah. and feeling the sense of gratification. I never thought I would do that in my life, you yeah. know? Or, dude, yeah, pushing your wheelchair around this, this block, right? Yep. Like when uh, two months ago you weren't very coherent or right. you had a health problem, right? Like, It's all I, relative. I, it's yeah. all relative, man. It's all human perseverance, and, and we are super fortunate right. that our bodies can cover these vast distances that we've set ourselves up in life. We've been very, we've had a very fortunate path to put ourselves in this position where, dude, you just ran a hundred miles, ran, hiked, whatever, from Squaw to Auburn. That's pretty far to drive. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It takes, if you, if you follow your runner, it takes about 15 to 28 hours. I was in the car. So I, 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 um, spectated from at, um, Robinson's flat, and Forest Hill, and then mile 82, um, and then the finish line. And I must have spent 12 hours in the car that day. It's crazy. <laughs> it's wild. And to have your body be able to do that, or even a marathon, or even a 5K, or whatever it is, sure. I think it's I think it's very useful to practice that gratitude for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So we have some technical questions that, uh, that have come in from some of your fans. So... I want to ask, I want to dig through some of these questions. So does that say Cody Reed? It does, yeah. Cody Reed wants to know, what is your favorite caffeinated warm beverage? Ooh. Uh, I I used to say death before creamer. That was like, uh, that used to be my thing. Uh, now I would say, which meaning black coffee, obviously, right? right? And probably right. pour over, probably Chemex or V60 or something like that. A nice Ethiopian. Um, that's probably up there, but... Now I really like uh, oat milk cappuccinos. All right. Um, Kern Malcolm wants to know, what is your next tattoo going to be? Oh, man. Last time I saw Kern, she trolled me about uh, a reverse print Hawaiian shirt I had on. And she's like, it's inside out. And I was like, no, man, th- this is this is a, a vintage Aloha shirt. Like They're, <laughs> they're printed this way. Um, my next tattoo, I've been thinking about getting this unicorn that's double fisting cappuccinos. <laughs> Like just on a tine quarters. Nice. So my friend Scott tattoos me a lot. Um, so maybe that'll be my next one. Nice. Uh, Matt Daniels wants to know, where did he develop the art of giving trail runners such incredible trail names? And what is your trail name? Oh, well. And this came, mm, did, did, did this come from the, the training weekend, the Memorial Day training weekend? <laughs> yeah, it did. Got it. Well, okay. So there's this company in Savannah, Georgia called titty bats and <laughs> they make very funny sometimes quite offensive pins like you know like as one does with a with a name like that <laughs> yeah like punk vest pins yeah. and they do funny drawings of yeah. like garbage pail kids you know doing hilarious things and it's just you know it's a it's a cool company and i and i brought matt one um that is a person riding a bat <laughs> and matt i think wore it on his vest at western states so I call him Matt Titty Bat. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that podcast appropriate? I don't know. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> edit. Yeah, I'll <laughs> just mark this one as explicit. <laughs> uh, or I call uh, Hayden Hawkman. And th- yeah, this did actually more come from safe for podcast. Yeah, Hawkman's perfect. So yeah, um, well, my name, my trail name, was given to me by Craig Thornley, um, the race then, director of Western States. Yeah, which was then edited by. Uh, Scott Wolf. Um, 
Craig gave me the nickname Bartles and James because <laughs> uh, I kept drinking alcoholic kombuchas at the aid station <laughs> rather than beer. Because they're delicious. I, yeah, you know, yeah. I'd, I'd had them with Magda Why and not? then I just kept like drinking them all the time. But then Scott edited it to the peach, which seems a little a little more... It's, a little, like it's, it's easy though. It's stuck. Because you're from you live in Georgia. Sure. The peach. Yeah. So it's the peach. Got it. Cool. Brief little interlude there on uh, some some fun uh, fun questions from from some people there. Um, let's dive into one that's a little bit more difficult to answer. Mm. Uh, what are you scared of? Oh man. Mm. Uh, does it have to be running related? No. Oh yeah. So it's I've, in the dark. I've always had this uh, this thing about giant octopus huh. that. I think it was a recurring dream when I was a kid of being in a pool and there like a really deep pool with like a octopus in the bottom. And I had it a lot as a saltwater pool. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Like a saltwater pool. Cause the octopus wouldn't live there otherwise. I don't know. I don't think the dream got that. <laughs> it wasn't flushed out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe, maybe an octopus has always kind of freaked me out a bit. That animal running related probably, um, Probably something like Vol State. It's like 500k across the state of Tennessee. It's a Lazarus Lake race. You know, what is it about something like that that excites you or scares you? Yeah, it more scares me. I mean, 500k is like 300 and what nine miles, 308 miles, man. Yeah, it's really far. It's far. <laughs> yeah, my one of my best friends, Andrew Snope, has done that race a few times. Once uncrewed. Wow. And you're allowed to carry a credit card, and you know buy stuff at gas stations along the way, but it's on like really dangerous roads in Tennessee. Um, there's some races in the Southeast like that, like quite dangerous roads, <laughs> 150 to 300 miles. Do you mean dangerous in the area or dangerous because of cars? Yeah. Cars, man. Like no berm, like, you know, running at traffic yeah. on the white line, like in the grass on the white line in the grass. Um, races like that scare me a bit, but I'm quite interested in those type of distances too, you know, like Badwater and Spartathlon are, are races I'm very interested in doing. What's the longest you've ever run in a continuous stretch? 130 miles at Desert Solstice last year. Yeah. Most of that was done in the first like 16, 17 hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then some easy 10Ks after that. Um, what are you thinking about when you hit register on something like that? Are you agreed to do it? Yeah, I thought about Desert Solstice for a long time this year. Yeah. Like that. You know what I mean? Um I didn't think about it long enough last year. I kind of snap signed up and was like, Yeah, Desert Solstice, I'm gonna run for twenty four hours. And I don't know if I necessarily prepared properly for that event mentally or physically. So let's I'm curious about the preparation, as you said, both mentally and physically. Let's start with the physical preparation because I think that's easier to talk through and then we can get into the mental prep. Mm. So you work with Magda, you work with Roxanne. Um they are pretty brilliant to say the least. Uh, what is it like working with a pair like that? And how are they, how are they preparing you? Yeah. So in the build of Western States, we specifically worked together. They prescribed all training. And then from, from Western States, I'm just clarifying, I guess from Western States through Havelina here and Brazos Bend, I've been training myself, but they've been advising me for sure. They've been great advisors through this, this stage. Um, Working with them at first was quite different from anything I'd ever done. I mean, I did so much more hill work, so much more climbing than I've ever done in the build estates. You know, we were... Some, how are you doing that in, in Georgia? Treadmill. Yeah. 
I mean, some weeks we were climbing upwards of like 15,000 feet on the treadmill. Wow. You know, so I would do, I would even insert treadmill hikes into my long runs. Like I would do maybe a 15 mile long run loop. Like let's say I was doing a 32 mile run. I'd do a 15 mile loop and within that loop, I'd pop into my gym, power hike for two miles, pop out back into the heat, huh. run another 15 mile loop, pop back in and finish my run, like power hiking two miles. Wow. So like I was doing a lot of power hiking in the middle of my runs, which was quite fun. Um, we were also doing a lot of really long intervals on the treadmill. Um, what is long? Like three by 20 minutes on a 15% grade. Wow. At maybe, I don't know, six, seven miles an hour. Okay. So you're not walking, but yeah, at seven miles an hour, that's a really hard workout. You know, for me, it's, uh, that's like a big time VO2 max like workout. Eight fifteen pace, isn't it? Eight thirty. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. At a fifteen percent grade, wow. Yeah, okay. I mean, at six miles an hour, we're at ten minute pace, right? Okay. Yeah. So what is that? Seven miles an hour. Yeah. I'm, it's about I'm not eight, calculating one. Eight fifteen, eight twenty. Sure. Ish. Somebody can fact check that if they'd like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we would do these long intervals with uh, and keep the belt rolling, and I would just walk behind the treadmill, and <laughs> hop back on, and do it again, man. <laughs> So I feel like that is a good segue into mental training. That seems like some good mm-hmm. mental training too. Did you do anything specific around mental training for Western States or any of these super long endurance runs um, different than what you've done in the past? Mm. I think I constantly go into this like meditative mental state because I train a lot alone. Like I very rarely run with anyone unless it's a group run, a specific group run. So... I would say that one thing I do that's kind of mental and physical, maybe physical on the run, but making it a little easier on race day. So I don't have to mentally think about it as much as like practicing nutrition on the run, you know, my exact race plan, what I'm going to do within my long runs and mentally just kind of diving into like envisioning what's going to happen on race day. You know, like I think long runs for me, you know, if I'm out for three and a half to to five hours, like those are the best times for me to really mentally dig into the guts of it, especially if I'm popping on the treadmill four miles per hour after running maybe nine miles per hour on the road. Yeah. You know? Um, so what is, what is in race nutrition look like for you? Yeah. So I do something every 10 minutes. That's like every 10 minutes, every 10 minutes I do something. Um, for me, I use all goo energy labs products combined with fresh fruit and chips. Um, I do, do very little like soda or candy or anything like that. Um, on the 10 minute mark, I take a BCAA cap, which is 10 calories. Um, at 20, I take a Roctane gel, uncaffeinated. Uh, 30, I'll take a BCAA cap. 40, Roctane gel, uncaffeinated. BCAA cap. And then at 50, and then at 60, I'll take my third gel of the hour. So that's 3.30. And at aid stations within that hour as needed, I'll supplement with an additional 70 calories of, of fruit and chips. And that'll be upwards of like, I'll float between 350 and 400 calories per hour from those sources. Some hours I alternate to, you know, like early on in Western States this year, I was eating two waffles an hour uh, paired with like 100 calories or octane, uh, summit tea. Make a little sandwich. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sandwich, yeah, sure. Just like crunching up the waffles yeah, yeah. and like... Pour some gel in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gross. Uh, yeah, so gross, right? But yeah, no sandwich, but I, I really like the waffle. um roctane combo a whole lot the roctane sports drink cool um and how long are you able to keep that going for that exact nutrition plan yeah 
ideally 24 hours. I mean, I would think, I think my next time running 24 hours, I'd divert a little bit more to Stroop waffles and Roctane sports drink. And throughout, I could probably also eat some, a little bit more whole foods. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd like to think I could eat 400 calories an hour for 24 hours. Cool. So I'm noticing a, like a trend more in ultra running where people are doing, they're calling it projects. My project is this, my project is that, you know, I'm doing, you know, fastest stone time here. I'm doing, you know, as Magda did the, um, Tahoe rim trail. Mm -hmm. She ran for a couple of days around Lake Tahoe. Um, is that something that interests you or are you more, as you said, you're loving race day more than ever before. Are, are you, is that something that, that, yeah, is that something that interests you? Yeah, I have a couple cool projects uh, that I probably can't talk about okay. yet, but yes, it is interesting. Um, what I, is it about I, that? I particularly want to do it with friends, Yeah, whether it's like friends within the crew and yeah. a really solo suffer fest or um, like this year we're kind of working on a little trio thing that we're going to do. Cool. Kind of what you're talking about here with an FKT and um, a bit of a teaser. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stay tuned to hear what it is. <laughs> yeah. I, I particularly would like to, I don't get to race a lot in the Southeast. So I would like to do a lot of FKTs in the Southeast in particular um, scar, which is a uh, mountain range in Tennessee interests me a lot. Um, I, me and a couple of buddies have the art lobe trail. Uh, the current official record there, Scott Wolf, I think has the unofficial that's not on fastestknowntime.com. Um, but I, I would like to go after some of those as a project. Yes. In a more, and, and ideally with a casual formatting where it's more about the experience with yeah. you and two other friends. Like the art lobe is held by me and two other guys. We did it together. Um, and that made it like the whole experience a lot more special. Yeah. Um, but the Southeast man, it's, it's my home. It's, it's what, I love to do, um, yeah, for sure. Cool, yeah. I totally relate to the the like excitement factor with it. I just did rim to rim to rim, and at the end of the day, I was like, that was the most fun I've ever had in a day. <laughs> like, mm. and and it was because it was with the people. I mean, incredible environment, but um, we did it with fifteen people, and we had crew support, and it was like just hanging out with friends for the entire day, and yeah. So I can definitely appreciate that were you were you a part of uh magda's uh fkt or fkt attempt i didn't get to be yeah because i was so so close to javelina yep um i think she because i had the race coming up she yeah. she didn't even ask you know makes sense it was the week before she did right yeah before, that probably so. sleep deprivation and all that yeah. stuff wouldn't have been <laughs> would, wouldn't have been the best as a coach to suggest i would have loved to been a part of that uh with her though it looked like they had a good time well Type two fun, <laughs> kind of good yeah, time. Maybe but. maybe type D fun, man. Yeah. You know? What's type D? Well, I don't know. I I think uh, running a hundred miles is maybe type C fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, whereas like anything longer than a hundred is getting into that type D E F G fun. <laughs> you know, very deep in the suffer yeah. well type fun. <laughs> it's like, why did I do this? This wasn't fun in the moment, and I probably will do it again. Yeah. What? Um. So. You mentioned some things you can't talk about for next year, but what are some things you're looking forward to next year that you can talk about? Oh boy, uh, Tarawera. Yeah, uh, I'll that do New it. Zealand. Yeah, nice. Be my first time to that part of the world. I'm looking forward to racing at Tarawera. Um, I'm looking forward to Western States for sure. It'll be my second states. Um, I'd love to go back there and have another great day. Um, of course, big goals for Western States next year. Yeah. 
that's kind of my big racing goal for the first half of next year. Um, I'd like to get in the mountains more. Um, in the back half of the year, I have a lot of plans, you know, things that could or could not come to fruition depending on uh, a few things. Like my time for the 100K at Project X is under review, so that'll determine if I get to run at the 100K World Championships in the Netherlands next fall in September. Those would be my ideal two big A races for next year's States, uh, Terrawera, and the third being uh, the World Championship in the Netherlands. Um, and I'm looking forward to going back to Havelina. I'm not racing this year. But I have a lot of athletes I'm coaching that are racing there. Uh, I'd like to do a lot of crewing, a lot of, uh, and and then maybe pace a friend. Uh, I have a friend that's considering running, and I'd like to help him take a shot at the record. It seems like he could maybe go for it. So that seems like a fun one to pace and crew. Yeah, very easy logistically for sure. Cool. Um, what do you wish people knew about you? Oh, that's that's an interesting question. That's a loaded question. Um, can we circle back to that? Yeah, we can circle back to that. And I can think about it for yeah. a little bit? That, that, or, yeah, or, wanna... uh, or, or what are some things that might surprise people about you? Hmm. Probably that I have a lot of interest outside of ultra running, you know? Uh, yeah, I didn't know you were you were big into music like that. Yeah, I mean, I have a quite extensive collection of pre-World War II, like, records especially texas fiddle swing ragtime jazz um you know i have instruments that were built pre-1940 that cool. i try to care for and getting my hands back on again yep. you know and playing a lot um really enjoying it so yeah this i think eric Schranz had asked me what's a big goal for 2018 a couple of years ago on his podcast and i'd said play a lot of music and it didn't really happen in 2019 but i finally acted yeah. on it again you know and I planted that seed for myself. So yeah, man, it's like playing a lot of music is really important to me. And that's another way that I can connect with people that doesn't tire my legs out for <laughs> what I do professionally yeah. now. So yeah, I guess the music aspect is real important to me. Cool. Where can we find you and follow your adventures on social media? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram at Patrick Reagan running. Uh, I also, as you said earlier, everyone has a podcast, but uh, I started a podcast with my good friend, Mike Nadu, um, at Tortoise and the Hair podcast on Instagram that uh, you can see like when our next podcast is popping up on there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at P Reagan running and I have a Facebook page. It's just Patrick Reagan running. Awesome. Patrick, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining today and have fun out there this weekend. Cheers. Thanks. That's it for today's episode. Like many long runs, it's sad when it has to end. I hope you join in next week on For the Long Run. And in the meantime, happy trails. If you've enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it so that others can find it and enjoy it too.